So would that be one of those things like, instead of how many year, engineers does it take to figure out how to record on Zoom, it'd be how many old guys does it take to figure out how to record on Zoom? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Clearly two. <laughs> and I do feel old. It's funny though. I mean, at least, I don't know if you've noticed this. I think it's really funny that I'm getting better at it. Um, at, at what? Better at being old? No. Oh God, no. Well, maybe <laughs> I'm, I'm not pretty good at that, but yeah, I'm actually really good at that. I know how to be cranky and you kids give the, now the ball is mine. No, what, right. what I think is weird is you get better at doing like um, Zoom meetings and Teams meetings. And then yeah. when you get good at it, they change it. Well, the recent updates to Zoom have been good. Like you can make the background fuzzy now. And I, w- I wish it could do the opposite, make the person fuzzy, right? Like you're like in the witness <laughs> protection plan. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great idea. Now, yeah. that and I totally... I totally think that if they made like when you send people to breakout rooms, if they would do like on Jumanji where you like pixelate and get sucked in the computer, like screaming as you go, I, I think that would be a really cool feature for, um, for the Zoom <laughs> Zoom breakout rooms. They haven't done think, that yet. I think that's brilliant. I, th- I we're gonna have to play with the idea that you can pixelate the person. That's that's yeah. good. That is smart. It'd be fun, right? We're gonna send you to a breakout room. No, no. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to the Pre-Accident Podcast. I'm Todd, your host. Hey, uh, so today's interesting. Uh, so first of all, welcome back to the pod. I'm glad you're here. I hope everything's going uh, as well as can be for you since we're swinging back into some funkiness, uh, without a doubt, everywhere we go. Plus, I, ca- I kind of got a little sick thing going here. And of course, I immediately think this is it. I'm going. I'm. I'm. This is it. I'm glad I'm coming home. That kind of thing. But uh, you'll hear it in my voice, tiny bit. So today is a really interesting podcast that I need to jump into and not yammer about too much. And it starts really from a question that was submitted to the podcast, and that is: Do we talk enough about the organizational part of human and organizational performance of Hop? And I'll just be really honest with you. I don't. I mean, I. I don't even know what I call stuff. And you'll hear that. And so we put together a little team of people to talk about this. And it was a really interesting conversation. And by really interesting, I mean it was pretty interesting. Because it starts with Bob Edwards and I, and we're talking, and it becomes really clear that we're not uh, this, we haven't, we're not very vested in the title, which is totally against what the topic is. So we bring in a special guest star to uh, enlighten the conversation and give us a little edge. And that's what you're about to hear is this conversation, which I actually think is going to be a two-part podcast because there's a lot more, and we sort of get into one other question, which I'll save for the next podcast, so you'll have to listen. That'll build a little suspense. But the question in hand is really how important is the O in human and organizational performance? And the answer is it's really important. And why we get there is a twisty, wild turn of events, but it's probably worth listening to. So without much further ado... Let's jump into the pod for today. Thanks for listening. Tell your friends. It is so good to have you. I think you'll find this little dialogue um, interesting. I think you will. We'll see. You'll tell me. I I promise you. I'll give feedback. There's no question about that. So until then, my friends, it's the podcast. Here is Bob Edwards, Todd Conklin, and young Jeff Lith as we talk about the O in human and organizational performance. So how important is the, ho- it, uh, oh, ooh, boy, that was a Freudian slip. 
I almost said ho. How important is the O? Well, what we're is- really we're really important, Todd. You should know that by now. God. God. <laughs> what is wrong with me? Ah! How important? Oh. Okay, so let me get the back. Let me get the background about. Okay. Let me talk about this. Is I'm starting to get. So first of all, I've never really given a crap what it's called. Yep, I'm with you. So when it first started in the DOE, you know, so the Impo called it HP, human performance, right. that makes sense. But then we couldn't call it HP because that stood for health physics, which was the radiation right. control people. So we <laughs> called it HPI. And then it sort of morphed from there. And then GE, this is where you come into the story. You've been in the story a long time, too. If you I, I know, right? It's kind the of fun. GE started calling it HOP because they got a little push from... If I remember correctly, one of the unions yeah, justified yeah, it by right. talking about it being called hop in Europe, even though I didn't know any place where it was being called hop in Europe. So, I mean, all that background, I don't know. It all seemed like a bunch of different names for the same thing to me. And right. I guess probably early on in a movement. I don't, I mean, I guess, well, I was about to say early on in the movement, it didn't matter what it's called, but that. I bet it does matter what it's called. Well, it, it kind of does because we need to have something to refer to, right? It's right. like black line, blue line, right? We have, there's some things that that need to be, I guess, some common language and, and human and organizational performance as our good buddy, Tony Mashar would ask us to say, right? Yes, he would have hops, an and in there. Right? Yes. I think I got it right. Tony, let me know if I didn't. Um, but I think that it is, it is growing and changing the more we do this, it, it kind of fits nicely in this conversation around complexity where things are emerging and changing. And we're, so I think that it's right to have a little bit of flexibility in the name of it. But I, you're, I'm with you as far as I don't really care what it's called. Some people, I think, think hop is kind of goofy because it's just like, what, you're hopping around or whatever. And it is. I mean, there's, there's, yeah. I, but all names are a little goofy. I mean, if right. You- if you think about it, I mean, they're well, except Todd and Bob, those names well, are solid. Yeah, like what, are what could you possibly, yeah. How could you possibly make fun of the name Bob? Right. You can't because it's spelled the same in both directions. Yeah. So it's and really utilitarian. Uh, right. You can, in a mirror, it looks the same than it does in real life. I mean, that's, that's really utilitarian, but, but I think also, I think I'll, so I think for us, we just didn't care. Like it was a distinction. It was more about the, the, the work than it was about what the work was called for us right but, but cl- clearly that's changing yeah and what's interesting now is that i just saw a, a promotional piece that looks pretty cool where they're doing a big foundations of hop class and it's going to be translated into multiple languages and and they called it human and operational performance hmm. and so now i'm even seeing the o in hop drift to operations which i mean i'm not i don't know if it's bad or good i mean i i don't want to be switzerland on this but i don't really have an opinion other than even now that's drifting and what happened is is we're starting to get some feedback uh as a as a as a community that the organization part matters because if we don't emphasize the organization part then it tends to be a tool to make workers perform better, or it tends to be seen as a tool to make workers perform better. What kind of sounds like, we talk about operational learning, which is learning from operations, but if I say human and operational performance, it does feel a little bit like I need my human and my operations to perform correctly. 
Or it could feel that way, right? If we're, no, it does. I, always, I think, I think yeah. it does. There's no question that that one's got some edge to it. Yep. And that one seems very different than organization. Right. So what how think? important is it? Oh, I don't know. So how important is it? Is, it? is it something like we should, is that a, as we say, is that is that the hill to die on? Like, should we charge that hill and say, no, it will be human and organizational performance? Or do we say, I don't really care? Or do we say, hey, we're just going to keep doing what we do and learn and change? Because we change things. I mean, look at look at even the five principles, how they've changed over time, right? Yeah. And, and, cha- and change, I don't, yeah, I don't think change is, uh, like change is good, right? I mean, change is what keeps things going. But how... How much, how much does the O lift intellectually when we talk, when we make sure we talk about organization, when we talk about human performance? And, and I kind of get why they're asking for it, um, why, why there's a, a big push to, to talk more about the organizational part of human performance. Why do you I, think they're asking for that? Because what, what? I, I think the fear is that it's drifting towards, that, that it always has the potential to drift towards tools that workers can use to be better, which ultimately will then shift to workers oh, need ways, to try harder. Right. Ways to weaponize it. Right? Yeah, jump faster. Yes. Uh, care, care, more. care more. Yes. Yeah. Right. Keep their mind on task better. Yeah. It's to me, that's, it's, it's really interesting. And I, and I guess, um, well, I, so I just want to pick your brain on it because I, I, I guess because we don't care. I don't want to speak for you, but I can in this case. I'm, I feel pretty safe on it because we don't care. I've never, I just haven't thought about it very much. Right, right. Um, but it probably I did, I doesn't didn't, matter. Well, it probably does matter. Just like, like even the change from human performance to human and organizational performance was, I think, was an attempt to to be like look at things more holistically right, right. the more right. like like how does all of this interact together which is totally about complexity right the human and the system right. and right. 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 all the stuff we're dealing with so that all made sense so is it is it drifting <clears throat> is it drifting because somebody oh, so is it drifting or somebody deliberately carrying it towards human and operational performance or do you know so I, I don't know, actually know I, so i don't know if it's really going to operational i just saw that and 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 I thought that was well. There's a little indicator of how titles drift and how names change, and, and you know that could have been a translation issue. That could have been a bunch of stuff. But yeah, I'm, fair I, enough. I imagine people are going to fill in the O with what they think. And right. the crazy thing is, for bad or for good, love it or hate it, I think Hop sticked, stuck. What's the past tense of sticking? Stuck. Um, it's yeah. It's here. It's yeah, here. Okay, there's a better day. Yeah, it's here to stay. Yeah, I, I think you're right you really too. Hear, you you hear it all the time, and you hear yep. it in academic papers. You hear it. I mean, you hear it all the time, and then that's fine too. I mean, that's I I think I'm okay. I think I came from the school that thought it was goofy, but now I'm living with it and I'm fine with it. Yeah, know. it gives us something to. It gives us uh, something that we know what we're talking about at least when we say, "Oh, yeah." So that's. So if you put the hop lens on, right, you hear that a lot. Now yeah. people are trying to put the hop lens on and look at things through this lens that we're all working on creating that that looks at things, like I said, more holistically and less blame focused and more looking at how the human and the system interacts. So when we say the hop lens, you kind of know what that means. Um, yeah. And plus, I like I'd have to get rid of all my shirts that say the hop coach if we changed it. Right. Yeah, to- oh, yeah, totally. Or get a new or, wardrobe, or just get a sharpie and like black out something, or add <laughs> add something. I mean, you could, you could, you could, yeah. I mean, 
you can sharpie adapt a shirt in a minute that's that's not even a problem but i i think you know this is a really interesting question because because the next question i'd ask you since we're just talking is do the principles reflect the organization part enough Mm, that's a really good question i see we have thought about that some right i mean we've talked about like like even how it's changed from error is normal to people make mistakes right that's uh so that's not the organizational part that's the person part of it but that change happened as we were thinking about this and systems drive behavior became context drives behavior and now we talk a lot about about how context is sort of everything i need to understand the context yeah it's a really good question i don't know if it does i mean we talk about leaders and you and andy both kind of worked me over on this one because I, I would just say response matters, but you guys both really stress the fact that yeah, but leaders response matters like first and foremost, because if we don't get that right, then those of us in operations are we're gonna have a hard time moving any of this conversation forward. So right. well and only uh, because, only because leadership will set the tone for how the organization yeah, yeah. Runs, right. Well I mean, no, I mean you you convinced me. I I just was thinking well everybody's response matters right because i'm a, it does i mean kind of all inclusive but yeah but you're right it so those things we've had those conversations have we really thought deep enough about is the organizational piece of it represented enough of those five principles should there be six should there be 12 or 14 what did dr Deming have 14 i think 14 i i, I looked him up i mean i'm i'm there yep. for you man 14 points i think that's that's interesting and important and makes a huge difference but i think the idea let's see if, hold on let me see if i can uh, let me make a call here really quickly hi everyone todd from the future so it became painfully apparent in this conversation that bob and i were the wrong people to have this talk with because uh, neither of us could really muster enough opinion to have any statement so using the miracle of technology kind of we connected with Jeff Lith, who actually was the one that posited this question to the podcast. And we brought him in to this discussion to see exactly what he would say and maybe put a sharper point on a conversation that seemed to be going nicely, just nowhere. Yeah. yeah. Hi, guys. You How's look it good, going? dude. I just, I just woke up. Well, no, I, I just got up and had a team meeting, so I didn't have to be didn't have to do my hair that's i never i never have to do my hair so, so it's, someone else does it for me okay so we we were just talking how 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 what is the origin of the question is there enough o and hop <laughs> wow that it's a great question what's the origin of that question yeah, yeah where'd it come from because we were having a great discussion on it and it was is really obvious that bob and i are from a part of the world where the the what what this is called isn't we've seen it been called so many things that it's not really very important to us but but we totally get that it's important for other people and i was telling him earlier that last week i saw a promo piece for a fundamentals course that's that was called human and operational performance mm. and that's an o that's yeah Right. Yep. Human and Oreo performance. That's also an O. Just in case well, you're I, wondering. Well, you're you're as you're as versed as we are, so don't worry. Late to the table, literally and figuratively. But I would say I. So I agree that labels. We know over the last decade, right, how messy labels are. 
and and as many sticky points as as benefits and all that stuff. Um, so yes, about labels, um, but the significance of the O isn't. I don't know if if that's so much attached to this label thing as it is uh, just little inflection points. And and where our conversation started was that you, I think you guys know from the roots of of human performance that the ethic or the values in that was quite sincere. Like so many of these great models and ideas start out with a real sincere connection to an underlying, a different set of underlying first principles or beliefs. But over time, when they get publicized and books or bandwagons and things go out there, it kind of gets cheapened and, and bastardized down. And the, the subtlety of the subtlety of the ethic embedded in the foundation is lost. And then, so at least that's how I understand it. I mean, Todd, your, your knowledge of human performance is one of, uh, of understanding and, and, and not judgment and a lot of sort of the newer view principles. But in practice, I think we've all seen human performance done to people. Yeah, it's kind of kind of the same that Heinrich, you know, as Carson would say, Heinrich was really well intended and all that. It's what people have done to a simplified understanding of his work over the years. That's the bigger problem. Well, and I think that's right. And and, and labels matter. And the name matters dramatically. And I think hop is sticking. So hop hop is sticky. It, it's got it's got some stick and it's definitely grown and morphed. And you hear about it everywhere. But what we were saying was that the O is significant to me because it reminds us that it's a relational thing between the organization. We're all in this together. And, and this notion of shared goals um, and safety has been so polarized up and down the org chart or sometimes even left and right on the political spectrum. So to me, the O is, a, is an interlocutor, right? That it, it, it ties the... It uh, ties the organization into the solutions. What do you think, Bob? I mean, I I think that I did not mean to wake you. I am so sorry. No, no. I'm just thinking about what Jeff's saying. I I'll take a nap afterwards. <laughs> um, you know, I I think about all these well-intended you know lean and how lean got sort of jacked up, and we ended up turning it into a new headcount reduction tool quality and we turned it into this massive documentation sort of ISO world of paperwork so thick that you don't even know what the product is anymore because of the paperwork's covering it up. And I just, I think in safety, good gravy. I mean, we've all worked in safety. You know, for me, human and organizational performance, HOP, isn't even really a safety thing anymore. It's so much more about operator struggle and about industrial empathy and, and leaders realizing that the people out there are trying to do a good job and and we need to, to hear their side of the story and, and do things with them instead of to them. And I guess I'm just fearful that anything well-intended, like you said, Jeff, these things have all been well-intended. I don't think, you know, I don't think anybody that started any of these things said, hey, let's make this harder on the worker in the end, right? I, I don't think even Frederick Taylor meant to be mean. I think it's just where he was at that time and space and at time, time and place. And um and yet it look at what's happened with sort of the Tayloristic view of view of things where the worker doesn't have the mental capacity that the planner has, according to what he wrote. So, yeah, I guess I'm concerned that if we don't make this, if we don't do this right, we're going to end up becoming another one of those things that boy, it sure started out great, but then it ended up being this way to really drill down and focus on that human 
in the operations team getting it right and uh, we're going to miss this bigger picture that we're trying to create here yeah so i don't have an answer at all i just that's yeah i could see the concern yeah jeff what are you thinking ah, i i think i chatted with eric about this briefly too how and i would pose it to you guys how is your work you that you're that, putting out hmm? you do that dropping sound bob what dropping sound uh when when jeff dropped eric Hallnagel's name <laughs> uh, i thought you're talking about a zoom thing yeah i mean i was <laughs> chatting with eric the other day <laughs> and he said what do you think jeff and i said i don't know eric no um just how how is your how is your guys's okay edit that out too what you is know, the todd does, you know todd doesn't edit things out right? <laughs> these things just bombs and he certainly will these things just roll go um, ahead you know how it is true to be careful about putting things out there because it's how your work can be you put it out there with great care and and, and great detail you know sort of kind of but then what are what are people going to do to it how do you make it how do you make it um reduction proof or something it, uh, it, over time or that, do you is that possible because is it possible yeah. because i think when you put something out i mean the hope is is that it's it's there to grow and blossom and and organically become more right so like i don't think about how to make ideas reduction proof i actually think about how to make ideas live and breathe and become better and stronger and faster but it, i can show you probably more examples todd of where that hasn't worked right jsa yeah, job yeah. safety analysis right we absolutely met well with that and they turned into these massive documents where every time something happened added to the jsa added to the jsa we end up with 22 page documents yeah. that they're supposed to do before right so i mean it's like i think the problem that i see is that more times than not we drift for the lack of a better word towards the like, I, I love what you just said, Todd, and I totally hope that what we're doing will have a, like a, a healthy growth and it will be, you know, for the most part, will really help and will help bring the voice of the worker in. But I could also see how this could, you know, you can weaponize just about anything. If you can weaponize a JSA, which is a job safety analysis to help the worker be safe and not get hurt, if you can weaponize that, a pre-job briefing, a post-job, hey, you didn't identify all the hazards in that, you know, shame on you. And if we can weaponize those things, I guess we want to make sure we do everything we can to keep this sort of industrial movement from being something that's easily weaponized. Bob, you, you touched on something a couple of minutes ago when you said that that shift from doing things to people to doing things with people. And at, immediately, right, we think of Cormac Russell's work on asset-based community development where he says it's yeah, that's not what i think of jeff but that's glad that you, i'm glad you think of that what i think about is actually getting out there and doing things with the worker but you go right ahead there mr <laughs> <laughs> no he's got a he's done beautiful work on that how we've literally page 39 yeah so go ahead i'm sure he has done beautiful work i'm not well versed in it let's just say that go ahead what is it is, I, i'm gonna i'm gonna do he's gonna quote he's gonna quote page 39 todd right here he's gonna quote look it up first <laughs> dudes um uh i think he says doing things to people and then the next step is doing things for people using that under that guise of doing things for people it's like the ends justifies the means right i yell right, because right. i care right so right. two people and then four people and then with people and the final step is is things done by the people and i think that this arc you're talking about of, of putting things out into the future there i mean i was going to make a when you want things to grow and flourish, I was going to try to work fertilizer into the conversation somehow, but um, suffice to say that the, evolving from doing things to people 
to doing things for people, to um, doing things with people, and then ultimately things are done by the people. That four-step evolution, I, I think, is kind of what we're talking about here. But I think we're building a case that the organizational part of HOP is really an important part of HOP. Oh. And that's, that's what we're, you know, you know, we've chatted a little bit recently that over the last 10 years, this conversation has really evolved and there's more people now uh, feeling safe and interested to come to the table and, and people haven't had the advantage of the, of the iterative process or that developmental process over the right. last 10 years. And I think circling back now to those that want to learn we, we can't forget the foundations. We can't forget that, that those fundamental underlying principles. And yet those can easily be skipped over for the shiny new thing. Which is exactly what happens. And we know anytime we forget the first principles that the process of change is not as successful. In fact, I think it's fair to say the process of change doesn't work. And so we have to continually relearn the fact that we have to go back to the foundation in order to move people. And there's some foundational ideas that are really important, you know, and it's how we view the worker, the, the part you were just talking about um, to a great extent, blame, you know, if, if we're going to deal with fundamental attribution and blame stops improvement. And, and so blame's pretty negative. And then third is how organizations learn matter. And I'm about to list God, I didn't even mean to, but we're going through the, the principles again, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. Yep. Which makes sense because we're talking about the foundation. Um, those, those, those fundamental ideas, I think, are are probably more significant in an organization successfully changing, because really, that's that's what we're helping organizations do is it, I'm not even sure it's change in as much as we're helping organizations mature their systems to kind of a new view of the world. Yeah, and mature their thinking, too. Right. I mean, yeah. whereas I, I, not, that sounds very consultant ish. Right. Can I, mean, I don't feel like I'm. I don't know. I feel like I'm just sharing what we're doing and seeing if it helps them on their journey as they're trying to do. Like, I don't really don't think I know any more about any of this stuff than anybody does. It, it just, as we experience this stuff, the ability to share that with other people and to say, Hey, maybe this will help a bit. This is what we've been through. Uh, what are you going through? Right. That's part of it too, is kind of seeing where they're at. And a lot of times, even when we do just basic fundamental training, You'll hear things like, well, no, we already do all this stuff. We got that. But then as you start to hear the conversations in this in the workshops, you start to realize, man, maybe we don't exactly do what we're talking about here. Um, so I don't know. I, 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 don't, I really I don't I don't know that anybody has fully figured this out. I don't know that we really go in and tell people what to do so much as we share with them a way of thinking that we find helpful. What could be done? Yeah, and see, well, and see if how much of it they are doing. Some of, like bits and pieces of this stuff we were doing when Todd came to to you know my factory, bits and pieces of it. But then all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute, some of these bits and pieces we don't have because we were pretty quick to blame people and we were pretty quick to you know write people up if they had a quality escape or whatever, or if they didn't follow every rule. So, Todd, the, oh, go ahead, Jeff. Uh, so you're just talking how you kind of gravitate talking about foundation. So you gravitate back to the principles, but you know, I just had a thought there that, um, and it's kind of like how when Andy wrote the sort of the phases of, of integration paper, and there's a little cautionary note at the beginning, that's not necessarily linear and sequential and everybody goes, okay, fine, fine, fine. But just show me the, show me the, show me the, the steps. That's right. And we put up and, some toll gates. That's right. And, I, and so I wanted to go back Todd is yeah, the, the five principles book for sure. But I think that there's something 
there's a passage in it before you get into the principles that you speak to how you took the human performance principles and viewed them through a safety to slash safety differently lens. And the significance of that is huge to me. So yes, you go on to speak to the principles on the other side of that lens, but I think the reiteration of that, that filter or that, that process of, of evolving them in a really nuanced way from the DOE stuff to the, to the five principles book, I think is really important. So actually you bring up a good point because I never thought, no, let me take that back. The, the info DOE principles were written before we really had a good grasp of the safety differently stuff of, of a lot of Sid and Eric's work. Right. And, and David Woods, I'm, I'm, I'm not dropping names because I'm leaving people out like crazy. There were a lot of really important people that did that work. And so I don't, and, and it's, it's a function of when they were done. So those principles were written with reason uh, in, in consort with, with James reason really before, I mean, Decker was still in grad school. I mean, this is a long, I mean, way before Decker probably wasn't even in grad school yet. And so I think the principles were really directed at the human and it was called human performance. And what had happened is, is as we got smarter and understanding a more systemic approach, the interface, the complexity Bob keeps talking about between humans and organization, those complex relationships, adaptive complex relationships became more and more apparent. And so the principles no longer, I think, stood as they once did. They had to be adapted to understand kind of this new view. And, and that's what started it. It's funny at the time, I didn't think that would emphasize calling hop hop because even, like, even when I made the title up, I called it the five principles of human performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't call it five principles of human and organizational. I didn't think about that. It's as though you did, but you didn't, but I did because I didn't think of it. <laughs> Well, because it didn't, I mean, I, in my mind, it didn't matter, but I see it, it does matter. Well, I mean, and, and, and when you talk even publicly, Todd, you say hop and HP kind of interchangeably. Right? I, in my brain, they are interchangeably. Yeah, yeah. They probably aren't, but in my brain, they are. And there's so few things in my brain, Bob, very, very small things, just tiny. Like I know where most good donuts are anywhere in the world. When you have when you have a good idea, does that light bulb behind you go off? It does. The light bulb okay. goes off. Yeah, and so it. Never, I, I noticed it hasn't gone off this conversation. It, it, it doesn't go off any conversation. <laughs> oh, so Todd, so Todd, you realize next time I'm there, we need to wire in a little push button so that when you're talking to somebody, you go like, "I got this idea." Boom! You push the button, and <laughs> no, the light yeah. comes off. Yeah. We, we we, we, you can fix the truck and then wire a push button. And we'll be, oh. <laughs> oh, by the way, is the truck still running? Okay, like a dream, baby, like a dream. Good, good. good. Well, this is interesting. I mean, I'm, I'm glad we had this conversation. I, what, what are we, what's our result? What have we learned? Where are we on this? Yeah. So, yeah. So organizational piece of it is huge and maybe we don't have it enough in the principles. I do think we have it a ton in the actual conversations because that's, I mean, that's a huge part of our conversation, right? Is where are we as a leadership team? Where are we as a, how is it baked in is it baked into any of our dna in our organization right and you think about uh, people like um david payne who's trying to get it baked into chevron's actual dna so that this is the way they they operate the way they hire the way they promote like how many companies are doing that now it, probably some 
maybe not enough. It feels like to me, Jeff and Todd, that that the hop sort of reformation, if you will, is still really, really in, in its infancy. It is. Um, it, I agree. Yeah, and it feels like it's still very, very dependent upon a bunch of people who really believe this and are willing to kind of try to get out there and make something happen. It does not feel like we've reached critical mass or even close to it. What do you think? I'm not sure there was an answer. Not even close. But hang around for next week. See what happens. That's a tease. Wasn't that good? Until then, learn something new every single day. Have as much fun as you possibly can. Be kind to each other. Check in on one another, and for goodness sakes, be safe.